0: Well, good evening, everybody. You ready to worship the Lord? Amen. You know I am. You know, I want to, you know, I, I'm not always in the mood to throw my hands up, you know. But we've got to learn, and and me, I'm speaking to myself here too, even when you don't feel like it, we've got to learn to shake it off. You know, it it don't matter what's going on around you, It don't matter who said what. You know, when he said that, you know, this morning, it kind of hit home for me a little bit because, you know, a lot of people, they're going to talk about you, but it don't matter what they say. They can't hurt you. As long as God's in your corner, there's nothing you can overcome and overdo no matter what people say. You You know, I've said it time and time again. My job, people say I shouldn't be there, but the Lord put me there. I have no doubt about it. But, you know, the biggest thing is it don't matter. You know, I, I woke up so mad at the world. I, I, you know, I'm just going off on everybody. And I've got to learn to shake that off. The Lord is testing me. You know, I've asked for something. I've asked for patience. I've asked for this. And, you know, he'll test you with that stuff to help you to come overcome the impatience that you're asking for him. But it don't, we've got to learn to shake that stuff off, church, even when we're in here. You know, shake it off. Don't matter what's bothering you, what's going on at home, your family, everything else, shake it off. Get in here, throw your hands up in the air, and say, thank you, Jesus, that I'm breathing. Thank you, Jesus, that I can walk in, in this church. Thank you, Jesus, that I can come in and see y'all smiling faces. Even though there's something wrong, we should still throw on a smile for each other. That encourages, you know, when they find out, oh, man, did you find out what they went through? Man, they went through that. That means I can go through it too when it hits you because I promise you it's going to and it will. Don't know when, but it will, I promise you. So we got to lift our heads up, encourage one another, throw them hands up and shout the, the roof off this place and let the Lord brain down. It don't matter how cold it is in there outside. It's warm in here. So there's no reason you should draw up because you're not cold in here. Throw them hands up. Say, thank you, Jesus, that we have heat. Dear Lord in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name, Lord. I thank you for this day, Lord. And Lord, most of all, I thank you for being a part of my life, Lord, that I've asked you to come into so many years ago, Lord. I thank you for being there by my side, Lord, when all things are going wrong. Everything is crumbling down around me, Lord, but you've been there holding my hand all the way, Lord. And Lord, as we begin this service tonight, Lord, I ask you to touch Brother Thomas in a great way, Lord. Lord, anoint the words that come out of his mouth, Lord. I ask you to touch him. And Lord, most of all, touch our hearts, Lord, and prick our ears to where we can hear what you're trying to say to us, Lord. And Lord, as we gather forth for this beginning of this week that we've all been on vacation, Lord, let it not crumble to fall, Lord. Let our light shine. Let us keep stepping forward. Let us help other people that's had a bad holiday, Lord. Help us to be a light. Help us to bring happiness to everybody else, Lord. And, Lord, most of all, help us to bring more people to you, Lord. And, Lord, I ask you to touch this world and touch our government and touch our nation. Lord, help us to shine for you, Lord. Help us give a a boldness about ourselves, Lord, that we may just talk to you and talk to other people about you even more and more and more. Thank you, and I thank you all, Jesus. Thank you. Amen.
1: The people still, they cheat and lie for wealth and wealth. Yeah. No. No. So e walking all around well in the night she closed her eyes she could hear us singing walk around me Jesus walk around well walk around me Jesus (laughs)
2: Amen, it's good to see everybody tonight I'm glad we had a pretty good crowd for us And I was like, I hope the rain don't scare everybody off It's a little chilly, but it's like he said It's warm in here, so we're okay Just put your coat on when you go outside so you don't get sick (laughs) But it's good to have everybody here We're thankful for everyone that's come Those who may be traveling back from some events with family We hope that they have safe travels I know there should be some that will hopefully be back next weekend We miss them Julie and Michael, I know we miss you guys If you're watching, we miss you guys today But um, I just pray for everybody that's sick, needs a healing mind, mental healing, spiritual, physical. There's so many people hurting, and like you said earlier, the holidays are the worst time because people reminisce about people who are gone, or I don't have this, or I'm not talking to this family member, or they did me wrong, and this is what happened last Christmas, and I'm going to hold a grudge for the rest of my life till I die. And there's so many things that we can go on and on about. And the list is so long. We would be here for days talking about it. But I'm thankful that everybody's here. And it's a time to be a light to people who are hurting. There's a lot of people hurting that we don't see. We don't know what people are going through. So be the light, like he said earlier. Be the light that somebody notices. Wow, they got something and I need that. Because there's a lot of people that are dying and hurting. They're sick in their sin. But there's a Savior who was born who rose from the dead he was buried and he rose again it might have looked like defeat to them when he was hanging on the cross with the nails and the blood he was gushing they're like "It's, it's over it's done what do we do all this for nothing he grew up he's on the cross now what but then that resurrection morning When the stone was rolled away and he arose and then he's in heaven. But that's not the end. He's coming back for us. And one day we will be held accountable for how we acted down here. So it's our job to do what we are called to do. Amen. Let's go to the Lord in prayer and take up the offering. Heavenly Father, God, we come to you right now, Lord. We ask that you would touch us tonight, God, that you would bless us, Lord, touch everyone in here, Lord, those that are here, those that are watching, God, that you would move, Lord, in their hearts, their minds, that your spirit would be here, God, that you would touch somebody's heart tonight, that you would break the chains that bind, God, that you would set people free, God, that you would touch everyone in this place in a mighty way. In Jesus' name we pray, amen and
1: amen. For miles and miles You've been hearing the same old voice Tell the same old lies If you're trying to fill the same old holes inside search for the light of day in the dead of night. We've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. And we've all run to things we know just stay right. You've been walking the same old road for miles and miles. And you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies. If you're trying to feel the same old holes inside, there's a better life. If you feel lost, he's a way maker If you need freedom or saving He's a prison shaking savior If you got chains, he's a chain breaker We've all searched for the shells worn out from the same old fire. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night, and we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight, and we've all run to things we know just stay right. Savior, if you got chains, he's a chain breaker. Oh, if you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel lost, he's a way maker. If you need freedom or saving, Shake and say, or if you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you believe it, if you can feel it, if you can feel it, somebody testify. Oh, if you. Believe If you receive it, if you can't feel it, somebody testify. Oh, if you got pain, he's a pain taker. If you feel Savior, if you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. And if you got chains, he's a chain breaker.
3: It's a chain breaker. Well, as you can see, I found a backup a microphone that works so far. The Lord had mercy on me. We had an old one left over that's still working decent. We'll see if it makes it through the night. Y'all looking good tonight. The diehards are here tonight. You know, the diehards come on Sunday night. The diehards are here. Amen. Praise the Lord. Good to see everybody. and glad you came to church tonight. Tonight, as I mentioned this morning, uh, I felt like the last week or so the Lord laid something on my heart, and I don't know how long I'll go on with this, maybe a week or so, a little longer. I don't know. I just felt like the Lord laid this subject on my heart of what it means to be saved. That, That may sound simple to a lot of people in church, but you'd be surprised at how many people watching through the camera and people who even go to church who don't even know what salvation really is. Because if salvation is not preached on and taught biblically what it really is, people don't know. I, I, you know, the Lord took me back to something yesterday, and I'm going to go back to my own experience. I you, Most of you, y'all have heard me say that when I was a kid, I was put on a church bus to go to a Baptist church every Sunday because my daddy wanted us out of the house for a little while, me and my little brother. And I, But I remember before that, before this, this uh, time, uh, my mother was still at home, I believe, during this time. Or maybe they were in the midst of getting separated. And I had a cousin or somebody that had been going to this church. And he started talking to me about, you know, going to church. And uh, I remember telling my mom, I must have been, gosh, eight or nine years old. I can still remember this back when we used to save Coke bottles to take them back to the store to get money back. How many remember that? Don't do that anymore. But we used we'd collect bottles, you know. We'd find them wherever we could, or go to people's back patios, you know. And people, you know, to set them out didn't look like they wanted them, you know. We'd help them return them. Well, not my mama, us, you know, crazy kids. But I remember uh, at the 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 question come up one time about going to church, and we were like I said at home. My daddy was a bootlegger and all this stuff, and the question about going to church came up, and I remember my mama talking to me about it, and I said I want to go to church. I don't know where it come from. I didn't know anything about church. I said I won't go to church, and mom said you won't go to church. She said, "Well, we're gonna have to. We'll have to get you some some church pants so that you look good, you know, look decent if you go to church." She said, "We're gonna have to save up some Coke bottles and get some money so we can buy you some pants so you can go to church." And we did eventually. And I remember I started going to church with uh, my cousin, and I never forget this. He. He'd been going to church, and he started talking to me one night or one day at church, and he said, do you want to get saved? I said, saved from what? I'm thinking, saved? What do you mean? Do you want to get saved? I, I don't know what saved is. I said, yeah, I want to get saved. So the, the ultimate conclusion of, of being saved then was to get me water baptized. And i never forget. I never forget this, eight or nine years old maybe, I remember because my mom showed up to, to the service, brought an extra pair of underwear, and put them in her purse, and they baptized me in water, and I was saved. But I wasn't saved. And I'm going to tell you, that's exactly what a lot of churches are representing today. And But according to the Bible, now we believe in water baptism, But water baptism is not required for salvation except in Jesus Christ. Church membership is not required for salvation except in Jesus Christ. Understanding what he did at the cross to save us is what brings salvation. And I can remember many times in that church of going there, being there, had some family members there. Lived like the devil, sold drugs, sang in the choir, preacher ditched his older wife for a younger version, church tried to split, and half the church tried to keep him there. And just, it was just religion is all it was. And I can remember it turned a lot of people off. Even my daddy used to make fun at times of some of the stuff. The church gets mocked at sometimes because we bring it on ourselves. We do stuff. It's just religion, and it's not representing a relationship with Jesus Christ. So I know a little bit, although not a lot, about coming up in some of that religious stuff. We spent a couple of years going to that church until I got sick of it. They, had a, they sent a church bus to pick us up, and one day I got on the phone and looked up the phone number to the guy that run the church bus, and got on the phone secretly and called him. I said, my daddy's sick. We're not going to be able to come back to church anymore, so you don't have to come back out here and pick us up anymore for a while. That church bus missed two or three Sundays. My dad said, where's that church bus at? (laughs) (laughs) I wonder where that church bus is. He must have started getting on his nerves again. But I didn't want to be there. I didn't care anything about it. There was nothing there for me. Until I met Jesus Christ, church meant nothing. Until you, listen, until you meet Jesus, church means gathering with a bunch of people means nothing. Until you open your heart and let Jesus Christ come in because in him is salvation alone. Let's pray. Father, we come to you in the name of Jesus. I ask you to help us tonight. I ask you to move tonight. I ask you, Lord, to take these simple truths, Lord, that are so far away from so many people. Take them to their heart, Lord, and show them, Lord, that salvation is not in a church, it's not in water baptism, it's not in a preacher, but it is in your Son, Jesus Christ, the Savior of the world. And, Lord, God, I pray that people out there that are confused, that you clear it up tonight, that you clear it up through the truth of your word. People that are watching that have been led the wrong way, wrong way with religion, Lord, and not a relationship, that you would open their eyes tonight and make this so real to them, Lord, that they see it for the first time and understand it. Lord, we thank you tonight. We praise you. As Brian said, help us to praise you, Lord, to thank you every single day that we're saved, that we're on our way to heaven and that, Lord, our names are written in the Lamb's book of life and we give you the praise in Jesus' name. We're going to go to Romans chapter 10 tonight to start and I'm not going to get in a hurry with this because, like I said, I don't know how long this is going to take and I'm not going to push it or rush it. however long the Lord wants me to stay here. I'm going to because I really feel like that people need to know this. If there's ever a time in the church that we have an opportunity to get people saved, it's now. We have an opportunity to get people to Jesus Christ, I believe, like never before, because this world is crumbling. People are in a mess. People are dying of drugs. They're dying of suicide. They're dying of depression, oppression. People in this world are are messed up and they need the opportunity, the same opportunity that we had to know the truth. What they do with it is on them. It ain't my responsibility to make anybody swallow the truth. That's God's work. That's the Holy Spirit's work. And he won't make anybody, but he'll sure help you if you're willing to accept it. Romans chapter 10. And I'm going to start reading at verse... I got to back up to verse 5 really to, to... Set the stage, I guess, so to speak, to go into this text. It says this, For Moses described the righteousness which is of the law, that the man which does these things shall live by them. But the righteousness which is of faith speaks on this wise. Say not in your heart, Who shall ascend into heaven? That is to bring Christ down from above. Or who shall descend into the deep? That is to bring up Christ again from the dead. But what does it say? This is the word. What does it say? The word is near you. And this is speaking of Israel as a nation, but it also speaks to those that are lost. The word is near you. Israel was so close to salvation, but yet so far away because they rejected the Messiah. The word is near you even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Here's the real word of faith. Not confessing scripture to try to change your circumstances. Real word of faith deals with the salvation of men's souls. That is the word of faith which we preach that if you... How many times have we... Pray this, how many times have we heard Brother Swagger uh, pray this with people how many I adopted it from him because people don 't know how to get saved for the, the majority of the world they do not know how to get saved they don 't know what to do people that haven 't been exposed to church they haven't exposed, been exposed to the gospel they don 't know how to get to Jesus Christ and this is a model prayer you could say that we try to use to help bring people to know Jesus Christ that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart look that God raised him from the dead you believe on Jesus Christ you believe that he was crucified and that he was raised as Michaela said raised from the dead you shall be saved for with the heart man believes under righteousness the heart not the head the heart and with the mouth confession is made under salvation for the scripture says whosoever believes on him shall not be ashamed i'm not ashamed tonight The the wisest decision I ever made in my life was 24 years ago when I finally came to the end of my hard-headed, hard-hearted road and said, God, if you're there, I need you. And when I did, opened up. Here comes the power of the Holy Spirit and hit me and convicted me through those words that my mother spoke to me on that phone. Son, you are your problem. You, Melissa, ain't your problem. You are your problem. And God took those words to my heart, melted me, and I broke, and I began to cry on the phone like a baby. Mama's praying in other tongues on the other end of that phone. I wasn't paying any attention to Mama She wasn't really paying any attention to me. I just broke like a baby. And here comes this little hard-hearted man broke down like a baby because in his heart he said, God, I need you. Come on, somebody. God, the one I rejected all those years, the one I run from. Boy, you can't outrun the Holy Ghost. You can't get away from that voice. You can't get away from the power of God. You'll never be able to get away from it. He'll follow you all the way to the end and deal with you to try to pull you because he loves you. He even loves hard-hearted people. He loves stubborn people. He loves rebellious people. He don't love the sin... He loves sinful people. He loves idolatrous people. He loves haters. He loves murderers. If he didn't, who could go to heaven? He loves all of humanity. Listen, the next verse says, For there is no difference between the Jew and the Greek. For the same Lord over all is rich unto, listen, all who what? Call upon him watching through that camera, you can be saved in an instant by doing this very thing, calling upon him. For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. The word saved in the Greek is, anybody that's been in church quite a while, you probably know what it is. The word in the Greek is sozo. I'm not a Greek person really at all. I just... Look up definitions of words at times to try to get a more clear meaning of what the word means. But the word saved is sozo. And here's what it means. It means to save, to deliver, to make whole, to preserve safe from danger, loss, and destruction. That old song we sang, I'm safe from all harm since I met the one who came looking for me. You know what? I'm saved from sin. Look, you're saved from sin. You ain't saved in sin. You're saved from sin. Jesus didn't die to leave you in bondage to sin. He died to set you free from sin. So you're saved from sin. But you know what else you're saved from? You are saved from eternal damnation. You are saved from destruction. I'm so glad tonight I ain't going to hell. I'm so glad that monkey's been off of my back for 24 years because he stayed on my back when I was lost. I'd go to bed at night and sometimes I'd I'd, I'd go to bed even in fear as hard hard as I was because I knew those voices that tried to speak to me mama trying to talk to me trying to get me to go to church and i heard about god i was exposed to the gospel i've been told this is right this is wrong and i knew that but i would lay my head down at night knowing good and well sometimes i lay down thinking about some of the things i just escaped some of the things i just come through you know like car wrecks and being shot at and and stuff that you know you should have put a should have put you in the grave put you in jail put you in prison i would think about those things i say, and i would think man if i die right now i'll go to hell and you got people today that don't even believe hell is real. They don't even act like hell exists. But hell is a real place, just like Jesus is a real person. But I don't have to worry about that. And I, I'm saved, but I'm saved from sin. We're saved from hell the 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 hell was not created for us it was created for the devil and his angels but everybody that follows him is going to reap the same results which is eternal damnation and punishment life without god Punishment in an eternal lake of fire where the Bible says the worm dieth not, where there is weeping and gnashing of teeth, where there's going to be torment, there's going to be torture, and there's going to be pain. And I would think about those things when I was lost and I knew good and well, I better get right. Because hell is a real place. But I'm not worried about hell anymore. It's over with. Jesus took my punishment. My trust is in him. He's delivered me from sin, the destruction. He's preserved us safe from danger. So hell is not a problem for us. So again, the word saved means to save, to deliver. You see, we also need to be delivered from sin. See, we're saved from sin, but when we come to Jesus Christ and we start living for him, you know there's things still in us that he wants to deliver us from. Fear, bondage, past memories. You know, when you come to the Lord, salvation is instantaneous. You... You're saved the very moment. And I mean, you you can't get no more saved. You're sealed. You're ready for heaven. But now the process of delivering us And getting things out of us, look, that we've been, that we have allowed to be built up in our heart. All those years that we've been lost without God. All of that corruption. All those thoughts. All those memories. All, you know, the old way of thinking. All that stuff. The Lord wants to begin to take it out of us. This is included in salvation. We call it progressive sanctification. But the process is the same. The same as When you get saved, you by faith accept Jesus Christ. You believe in what he did at the cross and you continue to believe that and God continues to work in you and to deliver you from things you need to be delivered from. We're delivered from the powers of darkness. The devil can only do what we let him do. And it's sad that so many Christians open the door to the devil when they don't have to. Look, we've all done it. I ain't fussing anybody. We've all opened the door in some way and allowed Satan to manipulate, to to push, to tug at us, and cause us to do things that we probably shouldn't have known we shouldn't have done. But that don't mean we're unsaved. That look, you look, you whatever you do, when you do something wrong, you are not unsaved because you did something wrong. You don't lose your salvation. You don't lose your sanctification. You don't lose your victory just because you sin and do something wrong. You're a human being. You're in flesh. I'm in flesh. We don't always respond just right to the things that happen to us, do we? We don't always act or react just right. We say something wrong. We, we do something wrong. But it's not the end of the world because God already knew you were going to do it. Now, all he's waiting on you is to say, Lord, I'm sorry. Forgive me. <laughs> you don't lose your salvation. God don't kick you out. He don't throw you out of the church because you mess up. He don't put you in the back of the line. Men do, but he won't. Listen to this. The word sozo occurs 54 times in the Gospels and not counting Luke 17 where this other Greek word is used. I'm not going to try to pronounce it. It means to rescue from death. It is a better attested reading than sociae of the translation omitted in some other translations, is, I guess that's what it means, of the instances where sozo is used, 14 relate to deliverance from disease or demon possession. Now, when I was reading this, here's one, one example that came to my mind, and you've heard it many times, you've read it, some of you preached on it, the demoniac from Gadara. What did the Bible tell us about his condition? He was possessed with legions of devils. He was controlled by powers of darkness to the point that he was suicidal, to the point that his family didn't know what to do with him. Society didn't know what to do with him, and he was alienated of all places to a graveyard. He's isolated from society, isolated from his family. The religious folk don't know what to do with him. Church didn't know what to do with him. And he finds himself living, the Bible says, amongst the tombs, in a graveyard amongst dead people because that's what he is on the inside. And he's tormented by devils. But the Bible said that Jesus told his disciples, we're going to pass over to the other side, the Bible said that that man was tormented day in and day in day in and day and day out, and he was crying out. Remember that he cried out. There was a soul in there. There was a soul in there that was crying out. Even though those devils had a hold on him, there was a soul in there. Crying out. You see, people can be controlled by the powers of darkness, but inside there's still a soul and they're crying out. The the, the issue is they can't overcome those powers of darkness. You can't overcome powers of darkness, and I can't overcome powers of darkness. But Jesus Christ has already overcome every power of darkness. So he hears this man over there. Nobody else... I don't think anybody, if he had told his disciples what he was about to go and do, they probably would have said, you don't want to go over there. You don't want food with him. Do you know what he's done? Do you know how crazy he is? Do you know how suicidal he is? Do do you know that nobody can handle him? You might want to stay away from him, but Jesus says, you need to see who I am. And you need to find out what my power can do. And, and the result was that Jesus went all the way to the other side for that one soul who was crying out. And what happened when he got over there? When Jesus stepped off of that boat onto the bank of that that river, wherever it was, or that land, the Bible said that that man ran up to him and he fell down on his knees and he began crying to cry out. The devil in him was saying, get away from here. The devil in him was saying, don't come here and torment me. The devil didn't want him there. But Jesus said, I'm coming, I'm going, and I'm going to do something. There was a soul in there crying out. And because that soul was crying out, Jesus went to him. And if you know the story, he told the devils, you're going to leave him. Get out. Jesus didn't have to wrestle with no devil. Jesus ain't like us. He didn't have to, ha, 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 ha. He just said, leave. Right. Take your leave. They said, don't, don't, we, cast us into the swine. Okay. Take your leave. Leave. And instantly the Bible says they all left. They went into the herd of swine. The swine ran down the bank. They drowned in the sea and all the Jews were mad because they lost their swine they didn't care about their soul. They didn't care about their soul. All they cared about was their their money. All they cared about was the pigs. All they cared about was the things of the world when salvation was so close to everybody there. I don't think that Jesus went there just for him. I believe he would have saved anybody else who were to call out to him to believe in who he was, but he came for that one man. And everybody else said, get out of here. We don't want you here. Leave our land. We don't want you here. And he says, okay. I'll leave. If you don't want Jesus, don't worry. He'll leave. He won't push you. He won't force you. But he left. He left them, but after, only after he delivered that man from those demons. Remember the Bible said that after he got... Look, you know what happened? He got saved. Okay? Deliverance from disease and demon possession. This is a part of what saved means. Is that not what happened to him? He got saved. He was completely delivered from those demon spirits. And the Bible said, now he's sitting, he's got clothes on, and he's in his right mind. And everybody else thinks he's crazy. (laughs) Now you see... The Lord puts you in your right mind and other people say, well, you've lost it. You're going too far with this stuff, this Jesus stuff. Ain't it something how that at one, at some point in time you were crazy, you were nuts, and everybody knew how messed up you were, and now for the first time in your life you're in your right mind, you're, you're calm, you're cool, you're collected, you're freed from the powers of darkness, and people sit back and look at you like, what's wrong with you? <laughs> I know that feeling after me and my wife got saved. I thought everybody would jump on board. I thought everybody said, well, praise the Lord, look at what happened to them. But instead we heard a little bit of, you're going too far with this. You're getting a little too uh, rigid there, man. You need to loosen up a little bit. You're getting too, you know, a little strict, you know, you, you stuff you coming around that you believe in now and some of the things that some of them used to believe. We loosen up on our morals. We let go. We start compromising over time if we're not careful. And I don't want to do that. I don't ever want to compromise God's Word. I don't ever want to change my view on something that I know the Bible lays out as biblical, as plain as it can be. I don't want to back up from it because truth doesn't change. So this man, he was saved. He was put in his right mind. And remember, when Jesus was getting ready to leave, he grabs onto Jesus and said, I want to go with you wherever you go. There's proof that you're saved. See, let me tell you how you know that you're saved. Because you want to follow Jesus everywhere he goes. You know how you got proof you got saved? You want to read about Jesus. You want to know more about him. You want to come closer to him. You want to follow him. That's proof that you're saved. Hello? That's proof that you're saved. You know Jesus. You want to follow Him. You want to learn His Word. He says, I want to go with you wherever you go. And Jesus said, no, I don't want you to. Kind of strange, ain't it? When He lets others follow Him. He says, the best thing for you to do is not to go with me. The best thing for you to do is go back to your home. Go back to your family. Go back to those people who knew what you used to be. Go back to those people who said he's crazy. Go back to those people who said there's no hope for him. Go back to your family and you tell them what the Lord has done for you. That's what he told him. And it said he went back and he began to publish it. All the good things that the Lord had done for him evidence that he once was lost but now he's saved his life is changed in 20 instances the inference is look it's to the rescue of physical life from some impending peril or instant death the remaining 20 times the reference is to spiritual salvation the word saved. Let me read some, I'm gonna give you some examples tonight of the word saved and some examples of people who got saved in the New Testament, in other, in other books of the Bible. Acts chapter 16, you've all heard this. When Paul and Silas were thrown into prison. Everybody remembers this, don't you? When they were thrown into jail for nothing more than just simply preaching the gospel and getting a young woman set free from demon spirits. That's all you need to be attacked by the devil. Just get somebody saved and set free from the powers of darkness and you will be attacked. This is this is the whole reason all this happened. But it said as they were put into jail that at midnight Paul and Silas, they prayed and they sang praises unto God and the prisoners heard them and suddenly there was a great earthquake so that the foundations of the prison were shaken and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's bands were loose. and the keeper of the prison awakened out of his sleep, the keeper of the prison, the prison guard, the one who was responsible for every single person who was locked in a cell, awakes out of his sleep and seeing the prison doors open, he drew out his sword and would have killed himself supposing that the prisoners had fled. But Paul cried with a loud voice saying, Do yourself no harm. We are all here. He knows that he's responsible for what has taken place. He believes that this earthquake that has happened that has caused all these prison doors to open up while he's asleep on the job, he wakes up, he looks and he sees doors open and he thinks, oh my, every single one of these prisoners have fled this prison. They're all gone. I'm a dead man and I'm not going to allow myself to be killed by the state. I'll just take my own life because I'm responsible. But there was a man of God. There were two men of God nearby who knew how to be saved, who knew what God wanted to do in the midst of this. And this this story is kind of strange. And you think, how in the world could all these men, uh, the, uh, uh, an earthquake, shake the doors open, but yet all of them stay in their cells. Go to a prison in Tennessee and open up all the doors and say, hey... The doors are open and see if everybody sits in their cell. No, they're not. But I believe what happened was that because Paul and Silas were there for an amount of time... They sang the praises of God. They preached the gospel. Somebody heard the gospel. I believe the prisoners, and I believe that as they heard it, conviction fell in the prison. It don't matter where you are. The Spirit of God can move. He can shake things up. And because the, 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 all the people were still in their cells, he thinks, I'm a dead man. I'll just kill myself. But Paul said, no. Do yourself no harm," he said. "We're all here, every one of us are here." And it said, "Then Paul called for a light, and he sprang in the man, the the prison the, 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 the prison guard. He came in with a light. He sprang in, and he came trembling, and he fell down before Paul and Silas. Man, you talk about Holy Ghost conviction." <laughs> I mean, how do you get around this other than that God was moving, that God was wanting to do something? He said, and he brought them out. He brought Paul and Silas out, and he said, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? Now, why did he ask that question? I believe because he heard and he saw what happened. He heard the gospel. If you were going to be around Paul you're going to hear about salvation. If you're going to be around us, if you're going to be around this church, if you're going to be around where the truth is, you're going to hear about salvation because people need to hear the gospel. They need to know what it means to be saved. And he said, Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you shall be saved. He's not asking the question, what do I do to be saved from destruction? What do I do to be saved from being executed because these prisoners are gone? He says, what must I do to get what you got? (laughs) What must I do to be saved? What must I do to be made right with God? Because he heard the gospel. Paul said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and it ain't just for you, buddy. It's for your house. Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved and thy house. You and your house. It's for you and your house. It's for you and the people on your job. It's for you and the people in your family. It's for you and it's for the whole world. And they spake unto him the word of the Lord. They spake to him. They explained to him the gospel. They talked to him about salvation in his soul and look into all that were in his house and said, he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. Better be careful who you beat. No. Be careful who you're trying to attack. He washed their stripes and look, and he was baptized he and all his house straightway. Now they got baptized as a result of believing the gospel. Because that was the tradition then. It was a very strong. If you want to call it a tradition. People when they got saved back in that day. The apostles who understand what Jesus said. Would tell them. Explain to them about water baptism. They would follow through. They would be baptized. As an outward demonstration. Of what already took place inside. Not required to be saved though. Because the water don't save you. The blood does. And said, when he had brought them into his house, man, everything's about to change for them. He set meat before them. He gonna feed them now. And feed them good. And said, Rejoiced. He set meat before them. Listen, and he rejoiced, believing in God with all his house, their salvation. There's a man that was lost who's now saved along with many in his own house. How did he get saved? He believed the gospel. He accepted Jesus Christ into his heart by faith with all his house. Listen to this one. You've heard this one before. Acts chapter 10. Remember Cornelius, the Italian? The Italian ladies, right. God loves Italians. (laughs) He loves Mexicans. He loves Northerners. He loves Southerners. He don't leave anybody out. Cornelius said said that um, in Acts 10, 42 through 48, this is Peter relating what God had called them to do and sending him to Cornelius' house. It said he commanded us to preach unto the people and to testify that it is he who, which was ordained of God to be the judge of the quick and the dead. To him gave all the prophets witness, that's speaking of Jesus, that through his name, whosoever believeth in him shall receive remission of sins. That's forgiveness of all his sins. That's included in salvation. While Peter yet spake these words, he's in the home of Cornelius. The Bible said Cornelius and all his family, kinsmen and friends had gathered together for this occasion to hear the words that God would send Peter to speak to them. And it said, while Peter yet spake these words, the Holy Ghost fell on all them that heard the word. There's what we need. We need the Holy Ghost to move when the Word is preached because that's what's going to make the difference. Preaching just for preaching is nothing. Preaching the gospel with the Holy Ghost being mixed in with, it doesn't matter how old a person is, how young a person is, how intelligent a person is, that has nothing to do with, with what's preached, it's what we preach, it's the gospel that brings the power and brings the anointing, and whether you're demonstrative or whether you're not demonstrative, there's no power in that, the power is in the gospel. The Holy Ghost fell on all them which heard the word, but not only did he fall on them to to convict them, some other something else happened. It said they of the circumcision which believed were astonished. There were people there that were Gentiles that were, or I'm sorry, that were of the, the Jews that were of the circumcision who were strictly honed to the law for salvation, they saw what was taking place in this man's house. They saw Peter preaching the gospel and they saw a manifestation of the power of God fall in this household on all these Italian, these Gentiles. But you see, the religious folk, the real religious ones say, God only loves us. God only saves us. He don't care about the half-breeds. We're Jews. We're children of God by, by nature. We're children by birth. These people are dogs. They're outside of the covenant. But one thing they were missing was that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost, all of humanity. And when the Jews, up to a certain point, when they finally cast off Jesus and rejected him, he said, I'm going to the lost sheep. I'm going to the hurt, and I'm going to Gentiles. That was the same calling the apostle Paul had, Peter had. They went to the Jews for a season, but the time came when the Jews rejected it so much, Paul said, okay, I'm turning to the Gentiles. You see, God will always open a door for somebody somewhere. Over here where some reject it, God's got some over here that's ready to accept it and that we have to be sensitive to that. It said that the Holy Ghost fell on them and they of the circumcision which believed were astonished because as many as came with Peter because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. Something else happened. They didn't just get saved. They got baptized in the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking with other tongues. It don't get no better than that. I am ready for the day when people walk through these doors that don't know the Lord and I mean while we're preaching I don't care if it's me, Grace I don't care who it is while we're preaching the power of God hits people Praise God and they start coming under conviction and they get saved standing in that pew sitting in that pew get filled with the Holy Ghost with the evidence of speaking well honey God can still do it today He wants to do it today are you ready to see God do it? If he did it then, he can do it again. Praise God. While Peter was preaching, he says, I, I've already had mere revelation. I'm not going to be partial to this group or this group. God has shown me I don't call any man unclean. Praise God. He loves the Jews. He loves the Gentiles. He loves the people in Pakistan. He loves them in Africa. He loves them in the Middle East. And God is no respecter of persons. And if you'll just open up your heart right where you are, you can be saved and you can be filled with the power of the Holy Ghost and God can fill you. I love to see it when the Lord does something like that and then you know man didn't have any hand in it. It's all God. Peter was just doing what the Lord told him to do. He was preaching the gospel. That's what we do. We don't fill people with the Holy Spirit. We don't save people. The Lord does. I just like sitting back and watching it. It don't matter to me who 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 gets saved under who's preaching. I don't care. I just want to see people get saved. I want to see people filled with the Spirit. It don't matter who it is preaching. It ain't about the preacher. It's about the power of God. The Holy Ghost fell, said, and they heard them. This is what confounded the Jews. They hear Gentiles speaking with tongues and magnifying God. They heard them speaking with tongues. There's no denying it. I mean, they were boisterous. They were loud. There was a demonstration of the power. Don't you ever be afraid to speak in other tongues in public if the Holy Ghost moves on you. Now, to some people, it ain't going to make no sense. Some people, you're wasting your time doing it. But to others, the Bible says songs are a Tongues are a sign not to the believers, but to the unbelievers. What? The bells are ringing. Jesus is coming. We're getting near the end. The Lord is about to wrap this stuff up and it ought to wake people up and make them think, what is this? I remember my little mama. Boy, I tell you what, she'd pray in tongues over anybody. Didn't matter where she was. I I don't know if she remembers this. We were in Pigeon Forge one time years ago. Okay, it was just a little bitty thing. And we were standing in a line waiting to do something. I don't even remember what it was. And all of a sudden, a man just hit the ground and passed out, and his head popped the pavement. And he was standing near us. And I thought, oh, Lord, I ran over to him, and I started praying over him, asking God to touch him. People started getting around. Here come my little mama, boy. She got in there, she laid hands, and I mean, she just started praying in tongues. And you could see, kind of feel, you know, from people, like, "What what is this? (laughs) <laughs> but she didn't care. The Bible said he that prays in an unknown tongue doesn't pray to man, but he prays to God. He speaks mysteries. I don't know what's being said. Don't have to know. It's, it's a language. It's a heavenly language. It comes from the Lord. So if you want to make fun of, go on and make fun of. But just remember, it's God's language. Just because you don't understand it don't mean you knock it. Just because you don't understand, don't make fun of it. Don't laugh at it because I wasn't that stupid when I was lost. When Mama lay hands on me speaking other tongues, I'd draw up. I'd shrivel up, you know. <laughs> I don't know how many times she would, me and my younger brother. I had earaches when I was a kid to the point that I had to have surgery on my ear. Bad ear infections, so bad they would drive me. To, I'd have to go to the mercy room. I'd put me in a car, take me to the emergency room. It was killing my head, my side of my jaw so bad I couldn't take it. But the first thing she would do, <laughs> get to praying. And boy, she'd start praying in tongues. And I'd gladly receive it when I was hurting real bad. But there's other times I'd just, I'd just tighten up. You know what I'm talking about, some of y'all? She wasn't ashamed of it. And again, you have to use wisdom on that. If you if you gathered around a room full of Baptists and you think speaking in tongues out loud is going to do something for them, huh, you're wasting your time. And I'm talking about ones that don't believe in it, ones that don't want it. Now there are some who do. There's, there are those out there that they don't understand it, they don't mock it, they don't kick against it. They they say, "What does this mean?" Well, I tell you what, I'm going to tell you how you figured out. Get in the Book of First Corinthians, chapter. 12, 13, 14, read about the gifts of the Spirit you'll find out what it's about. The gifts of the Spirit are still real. God wants to use them in the church. God wants to use them in our church. God wants the gifts of the Spirit used in Family Worship Center in Athens, Tennessee. He wants to use some of you more and more. Whosoever, listen, let me get back to it. For they heard him speak with tongues and magnify God, then answered Peter, and he said, Well, can any man forbid water, that these should not be baptized, which have received the Holy So here's something else you got to think about. You can be baptized in the Holy Ghost first before being baptized in water. And you don't have to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to make it to heaven. You need to be baptized in the Holy Ghost to have power for here and now. You ain't going to need it when you get to heaven. Hmm. That's why Jesus said, You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. We need it now. We won't need it then. We need the power now. So he said, Can any of these forbid to be baptized, which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we and I'm not so sure this might not have been some of the more strict Jews, and I don't know, it could have been, or maybe it was just Peter and the others who understood salvation, and it said, he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord, then prayed they him to tarry certain days. So we see that these people were saved by hearing the gospel. They were baptized as a result of believing, baptized in water, and again, I'm gonna say, I believe if you've you've been saved, And you have not been baptized in water, you should want to. And we can take you out anywhere. Take you to the boat ramp. Take you to the YMCA. (laughs) We buy dunk take from tractor supply if we have to. And you can get baptized. It's not it's not a matter of where or what kind of place it is? It's just the act of doing it. I remember, me and Melissa. We got baptized. I think it was March or April. We were saved in January. We moved up here, started coming to church up here in Loudon, and and you know there, you know every, everybody got baptized there. They took you to the boat ramp, and we were so on fire for the Lord, and we were reading in the Bible, and we said, hey, we want to get baptized, and we want to do it soon. Okay, we'll take you to the boat ramp. We went down there. It was still cold outside. But I didn't care. I just wanted people to know that I accepted Jesus and I wanted to be baptized because the Bible said that I should. So I'm telling people I'm already saved. You can't tell me that I wasn't saved before I was baptized in water. No way, you're wrong. I was saved the day the Lord came into my life. I was changed by the power of God. My, my, my deliverance came the moment I opened up and said, God, if you're there, I need you. And I opened my heart by faith and let him come in. And I was delivered. I was saved. didn't understand all of it, but I knew something happened. It didn't happen when I got baptized. It happened January the 31st of 1999 when I met Jesus, when I came to the end of my road. Listen to this one. Acts chapter 16, verse 13 through 15, a story about a lady named Lydia. You've heard it. A seller of purple woman who was a wealthy woman, it seems, Said on the Sabbath day, said, We went out of the city by a riverside where prayer was wont to be made, and we sat down and said, We spake unto the women which resorted hither. And a certain woman named Lydia, a seller of purple of the city of Thyatira, which worshiped God, heard us. What did she hear? Well, I think again, if you're going to be around Paul. You're going to hear the gospel. You're going to hear about Jesus. You ain't going to hear about religion. You're going to hear about the gospel that can save and change you. He said, Luke, Luke writing this said, She heard us and whose heart the Lord opened. You see, there's a hunger in people. People want to know the truth. There are people out there who are hungry and they want not to know the truth about how to truly be made right with God and come into a relationship with Him. And if you're going to be in contact with a preacher or a church who understands that, you're going to hear the truth. And when you hear the truth, if that's you, the Lord will open your heart to be able to receive the Word. It said, "...whose heart the Lord opened, that she attended unto the things which were spoken of Paul." And listen, as a result, when she was baptized and her household, see, not just her, others heard. And her household, she besought us saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come into my house and abide there. And says she constrained us. She was so thankful for the gospel that she heard that brought a change in her heart that she said, please come to my house and stay a while. That's, what happens when you come to the lord when you get when look when you hear the gospel through people that bring salvation to you you want them to come to your house you want them to come into your life you want to hear more about this jesus but here now now we got another instance in acts 15 where we got a problem now here's a problem in the church because when people start getting saved by faith, the devil's going to start using people to try to tear it down, to try to to try to debunk your to try to debunk your doctrine, to try to say, "No, he ain't right. He don't know what he's talking about. He thinks he's the only one that knows the Bible." Well, let's go to what the Bible says. That's how we find out the truth. I go by what the Bible says, not what the people not what people think. What does the word say? The Bible says in Acts 15, 1 through five, we have this issue with these Jews from Jerusalem. You see, they see these people getting saved, they see people getting changed. Satan don't like it when God starts moving. Let me tell you, in the book of Acts, the power of God was so strong and so real. I mean, multitudes of people were getting saved, people were getting healed, and you better know the devil didn't like it. Because it got outside of the box of religion. It, It wasn't confined to the Jews from Jerusalem. It was a move of God that came by the preaching of the gospel. It says, certain men which came down from Judea, they taught the brethren, and here's what they said. They said, except you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. You see? Here's Satan using religious people to try to confuse you about your salvation. You, today, here's what it is. Today, they say, You can't be saved unless you're baptized in Jesus' name only. You can't be saved unless you belong to a certain church. You can't be saved unless you're baptized the way we say. You can't be saved unless you keep the Ten Commandments, unless you keep the law of Moses. And here they come heaping laws upon people that have given their hearts to the Lord to try to cause them to doubt their salvation. And I'll tell you, the devil is good at doing that and he's doing it all the time in the church world. He wants to confuse you about your salvation, but if you get in the Word, you will not be confused. If you understand how salvation comes, you will not be confused. They said, so so if salvation is not truly by faith, why are they trying to confuse these people? They say, you can't be saved. Oh, that tells me salvation is real. It tells me there's something more to this than what people think. Unless you be circumcised after the manner of Moses, you cannot be saved. So they're saying you have to also do this and this and this and this if you're really going to be saved. But see, that's all salvation by works. We believe in salvation by faith alone in Jesus Christ. And it said when Paul and Barnabas had no small dissension and disputation with him, you know what? Paul said, I ain't about to sit back. I'm not about to stand by and listen to these religious people try to steal the joy and the peace and the salvation that has come to these people's souls, there's going to be an argument. There's going to be... You're going to be opposed. If you're going to try to change God's plan of salvation, if you think I'm going to sit down and roll over and play dead, you're wrong. Because God don't change His plan of salvation for anybody. And he said, there was no small dissension and disputation with them. They determined that Paul and Barnabas and the certain others of them should go to Jerusalem unto the apostles and the elders about this question. He said, they were being brought on their way by the church. They passed through Phoenicia and Samaria declaring the conversion of the Gentiles and they caused great joy unto all the brethren. And when they were come to Jerusalem, they... Were received of the church and of the apostles and of the elders, and they declared all things that God had done with them. But there rose up certain of the sect of the Pharisees which believed, saying that it was needful to circumcise them and to command them to keep the law of Moses. So they say, You can't be truly saved unless you are circumcised according to the law. You can't be saved unless you keep our rules. That's basically what it means. And keep the law of Moses. But it said the apostles and the elders came together to consider this matter. And when there had been much disputing, Peter rose up and he said to them, men and brethren, you know how that a good while ago God made choice among us that the Gentiles by my mouth should hear the word of the gospel and believe. That's how salvation comes. And God which knows the hearts bear them witness giving them the Holy Ghost even as he did unto us. He's taking them back to the account in Acts chapter 10 of what happened with Cornelius and his house. He says look, if this, what you're saying is right, then how did these men, these Gentiles that I preached to, how did the power of God fall on them? How did they get filled with the Holy Ghost? Nobody ran out and got circumcised while I was preaching. Nobody went through a former, they simply heard the gospel. He says, you know, you saw this, you heard about this, so why are you now trying to heap rules and laws upon these people that God never expects them to try to keep? He said, God which knows the heart bears them witness, giving them the Holy Ghost even as he did unto us and he put no difference between us and them. No difference. He said, purifying their hearts by faith. No difference between the Jews and Gentiles. Everybody who gets saved has to come the same exact way. He purifies the heart, takes away your sin, writes your name in the Lamb's book of life by faith. Not by works, faith. Now, therefore, why tempt you, God? He says, why are you tempting God? To put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples. You're heaping your laws and your rules upon these people that Jesus Christ has saved and delivered from sin. And you're telling them that they got to do this and this and this and this when they're already made right with God by faith. Now therefore, why do you tempt God to put a yoke upon the neck of the disciples which neither our fathers or we were able to bear? But we believe that through the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ we shall be saved even as they. What's Ephesians 2, 8 and 9 tell us? For by grace are you saved through faith. Not of yourselves, not of works, lest any man should boast. He said it is the gift of God. Salvation is free. But you gotta take it. You gotta open your heart to receive it. You watching me tonight, some of you, the devil's trying to confuse you about salvation. God's trying to make it real plain to you tonight that there's no salvation in a church. There's no salvation in water baptism. There's no salvation in shaking a preacher's hand. You don't evolve into becoming a Christian. You must be born again. You must accept Jesus Christ. You've got to open your heart and let him come in. And when you do, you're saved. Your name is written down in heaven. And now you're just getting set up for the process of being changed The rest of your life, and your job is to make sure that you pay attention to letting God work in your heart every day of your life because you can backslide, you can lose your way, you can get away from Him, but that's not His will for anybody. He wants to keep us close to Him. You're just as saved as you're ever going to be, but Satan is coming to try to steal your salvation. The devil is going to try to use somebody to confuse you. I remember in the early days the devil trying to use people to confuse me about my salvation. Well, where were you baptized at? Did you get baptized in that formula? Did you do this? this? And I'm going to tell you, it's real. Satan tries to use that stuff, but he does it because he knows you got something. And he's trying to steal what you have. But look, you received it by faith and you keep it by faith. Amen. Stand to your feet. I'm done for tonight. I'm to pick it up again next Sunday night for the Lord willing. Listen, Miss Grace, would you come and just play for a second? A second, a few seconds, a minute, two minutes, maybe. We're going to pray for people tonight, people watching through the Internet. I really believe the Lord put this on my heart, especially for some people that watch who don't understand salvation, you understand now. Now listen, it's up to you to open your heart. And it doesn't matter who you are. It doesn't matter what you've done. God will forgive you. All you gotta do is repent. If you're not where you need to be with the Lord, let me tell you, He loves you. He hasn't changed His mind about you and He stands willing and ready to forgive and to restore you. If you're watching tonight, And you're lost. You've already heard. And right where you are, you can do just like I did 24 years ago. You don't even have to have somebody to lead you through a prayer. You can say, Lord, forgive me of my sins. I'm sorry for the life I've lived. And I'm turning my life over to Jesus Christ. It's as simple as that. As Michaela gets ready to sing, listen, if you're here tonight, people watching again, if there's things that you need to let God, if you're, maybe you're confused tonight, maybe the devil's
1: been trying to talk to
3: you. Satan tries to talk to you and fill your mind with lies. He's a
1: liar.
3: There's a better lie and it's in Jesus. If you need a touch tonight, I want you to come. If you got pain, you got pain,
1: he's a pain you're not going to find help in anybody
3: but Jesus if Christ.
1: You old, if you're lost, He's a way maker. A way maker. If, you if you need healing, He's saving, got the freedom. He's a if
3: you need a touch tonight, come. If you're you watching change, through the camera, let Him touch you right a chain where you are.
1: Breaker. We've all searched for the light of day in the dead of night, and we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight. We've all run. was worn out from the same old fight you know we are same old road for miles and miles if you've been hearing the same old voice tell the same old lies if you're trying to fill the same old holes inside i know there's a better life prison-shaking, Savior, if you got chains, he's a chain-breaker. So we've all searched for the light of day and the dead of night, and we've all found ourselves worn out from the same old fight, and we've all run to things we know. Just stay around. Right. Make que... Savior, if you got chains, he's a chain breaker. If you need freedom or saving, he's a prison shaking savior. If you got chains.
3: saved amen go out saved and if the rapture don't come come back wednesday night and we'll see you then god bless you all and we love you
2: we hope you were blessed by the live service from family worship center in athens tennessee our weekly services are sunday at 10 30 a.m sunday at 5 30 p.m and wednesday evening at 6 30 p.m Watch us live online at www.fwc-tn.com. You can also check us out on Facebook or YouTube. Family Worship Center is located at 250 County Road 378 in Athens, Tennessee. Send all correspondence to Family Worship Center, P.O. Box 118, Athens, Tennessee, 37303. For more information, you can call the church at 423 423 seven four four zero seven seven four